Good morning. I hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We had such a great time uh, spending it with friends and family. And it's so nice to be back in Connecticut for a few days, just enjoying the solitude and the beauty and serenity that surrounds us. Um, I came upon a book that I've read years ago and actually had given it to quite a few people um, at one point in my life because I just thought it was such a great book. I don't know if any of you have read it. It's called Dark Nights of the Soul. It's by Thomas More. And it says it's a guide to finding your way through life's ordeals. And it's just, it's just such a great reference book because it acknowledges the difficulty of transition and change and big decisions and how at one point in time, we all encounter these dark nights of the soul. And it's just titled so beautifully because those dark nights do seem very dark and long. And, um, and they aren't just one night, they're several nights. And I just wanted to read to you um, how the book starts out because I, I just think it's such a great quote. Well, it's by Dante. And it says, in the middle of our life journey, I found myself in a dark wood. I had wandered from the straight path. It isn't easy to talk about it. It was such a thick, wild, and rough forest. And when I think of it, my fear returns. I can't offer any good explanation for how I entered it. I was so sleepy at that point that I strayed from the right path. That's how the book begins. And it discusses how at one time or another, as I said, we all go through a period of difficulty, failure, frustration, loss, loss of friends, loss of family, death, illness. And these long lasting trials in this book are referred to as the dark night of the soul. And it's really interesting because it discusses how that dark night eventually, you know, it turns to day and the light comes back. But it's all about honoring these episodic experiences. You know, people label label it as depression far too often. But sometimes dark nights are just that. They're a, they're a dark night where we are analyzing things and we're not in a deep stupor of depression but we're mindful and we recognize that we have loss. And I mean, I know when I got divorced or when I lost my parents, I wasn't depressed at all. I was experiencing the dark night of the soul. And, and I know the difference because I did have postpartum depression and I know what that feels like. And uh, that's a whole other story on uh, another topic that I'll cover another day. But this dark night of the soul is sort of it's a great book and it sort of encourages um, you to see those dark nights as a cyclical rhythm, like day and night, summer and winter. Um, and that having one of these episodes is not depression. And I mean, we all have several dark nights of the soul. You know, maybe you're in the middle of a difficult marriage. Maybe you have a child who's acting out or has addiction problems or doesn't know what they want to do in life. Or maybe you're just in a bad mood because you're agitated by, I don't know, society, the wars that are going on. 
Maybe you're grieving the loss of a spouse or a parent or your friends are failing you or you lost a pet. I know when I lost Achilles, I cried every day for a year, one full year until the anniversary of his death. I couldn't help it. He was my companion, my friend, my protector. He followed me everywhere. And, you know, living in the suburbs like we did, I mean, he followed me everywhere, including at the end of his life, he went blind. And even in his blindness, in the middle of the night, he would get up and follow me wherever I went. I missed him so much. I mean, that loss of my dog was really poignant, really poignant. And when I reflect back on that, I don't even know how, I don't know how we have such a love for pets and then we can actually take them to be put down. I don't know how we do it. I mean, I did it. I remember it very well. We, we made the mistake of sort of picking a date and it wasn't like the next day, it was a week out and it was just dreadful. It was dreadful. Um, so it was like the countdown to putting our dog down, terrible. And I remember we went on a Friday morning and my kids said goodbye to him. And then um, my companion and I took him in the car and we brought him and we pulled up to the vet. I don't know how I got him out. And it's like he knew, I felt like he knew he was sick and he just, I felt like he knew he was brave. And we went up there and the vet said, you know, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm ready. It was his time. And I gave him a hug and they put him to sleep. And I don't know how you do those things. And then I went home and I was really, really so depressed. Actually, I wasn't depressed. I take that back. See, I too am using that word out of context. I wasn't depressed. I was sad and I was grieving the loss of my friend. And when I got home, I really felt that. I felt it hard. And that lasted with me for a long time. And soon after, I put my house on the market and uh, we ended up back in Boston. And there's no way on earth I could live in the where I live with my dog being 150 pounds and a crazy guard dog. No way, impossible. I could never handle him in, in the area that I'm living in. Um, but Achilles was a dark night of my soul because he also went blind. He went blind and when he was seven and a half and it just killed me. It was so sad to see this animal that was our protector still do his job, but he was blind and he was running into the tables and it was a really heartbreaking period that ended with putting him to sleep. And that loss really impacted me in so many ways. And that relationship was so poignant for me. Um, so when I think of a dark night of the soul, that period, that was definitely one of them. Um, and that I can think of uh, that sticks out really strong in my brain. And, you know, when we're adrift like this, we feel like we just feel, we don't feel grounded. We don't see opportunities. We just feel the pain and we don't, we just don't see the way out. And, you know, and then time heals us. 
and that darkness and turmoil calm. And you start to see things and you overlook things and you move forward and you're not as sensitive with time. And, you know, it's it's a natural part of life. It's part of loving, it's part of losing. You know, it's part of if you're having a marital problem, if you get divorced, that is also another very dark night of the soul because it's a process, it's a journey. And, you know, you can get through a divorce and that's fine. But you have to understand that when a holiday comes, that first holiday comes and your family dynamic has shifted, it sh- you're going to have another dark night of the soul. And it's a period of reflection. It's not bad. It's just that things have changed and you need to now create new traditions and a new way of looking at things. And I remember the first time my ex-husband took my children for a week when they were little and I was by myself for that week. It was awful for me because I had never let them out of my sight. And now they were in California and I was really was a very difficult period and then it passes they came home and you get on with it and you know the important part of this is that we honor our feelings and that we treat these feelings of despair and emptiness as normalcy that even though they deviate from our norm of being happy or calm, that it's normal to feel the way that we feel and we need to honor those feelings. And, you know, people tend to push away their feelings, but our emotions, you know, we sometimes you have to go into your own solitude and during those dark nights and use them in a useful way. They can be a beautiful period for transformation. And, you know, just because you're quiet, it doesn't mean you're depressed. And sometimes we need to go into our own selves and take a rest from the hyperactivity of all the fun and all the good times and all the working and moving forward and creating goals and headed in the right direction. Sometimes those dark nights can create a real learning experience and a profound initiation into a realm of doing nothing, of not accomplishing goals for a short period, of just having quiet, simple reflection in a very simplistic way. And, you know, everyone's going to ask you what's wrong with you because you're quiet. Maybe you're not calling your friends back. Maybe in that dark night, you just aren't talking to anybody. And And it's okay. You don't have to explain this to anybody. And, you know, sometimes these episodes can be unsettling and you don't see a way out. And perhaps you're just relying on faith and the resources that you have. And perhaps you're just going to church or you're taking a a spiritual journey. I did this when I was in Venice. A week before my mother died, I was away. And... You know, I got a call that she wasn't doing well. And I was in Venice and I was coming home in three days. And I happened to be staying in a beautiful hotel that was an ancient monastery. And every day 
I was quiet and I went to the church that was on the premises and the property was so spiritual and there were crosses everywhere and I'm Catholic so that's meaningful to me and there were all these pathways and you know if you go to Venice in the traditional area of Venice it's it's all canals and water this wasn't though this was there were so many acres of property and paths and you know you would take a twisty path and you would end up at a big statue and i felt like i had some kind of spiritual awakening i've never in my life felt such peace and in the darkest time for me i felt this unbelievable disconnect from day-to-day life from routine knowing my mother was uh approaching her final days and i was in another country was difficult but i felt such peace inside of me and i can only attribute that to going inward and finding calm and finding acceptance and really absorbing what was going on and i was fine i was okay i was i have never felt such peace in my entire life a few days before my mother died and i really feel like taking that time to go inward and respect the fact that i was having one of those dark nights helped me to get through what would be the next most difficult time in my life which would be her funeral and preparing for that and preparing passages and music and creating a beautiful service and ceremony and rituals and picking out all of that stuff which is heart-wrenching and somehow you have to get through it and I did get through it we all got through it and my brothers and I worked together to honor my mother in the most beautiful way and you know and coming together as siblings was also very meaningful to me and poignant and brought us even closer together and for that I'm grateful and that's one thing that you know it, you know the relationships that are solidified and uh really enriched when you're sharing grief it's very impressive even you know with my children I've always been close to them but having my children help me as they uh witness my journey of grief was so beautiful and you know seeing my son just be strong for all of us and you know rise up and be sort of the male figure who was protective of the females in the family and was beautiful and sweet and so meaningful and that came out of my mother's funeral so you know out of the dark nights come some really really poignant meaningful passages so i'm speaking to this because i think we're all so we live in a culture where everyone's supposed to be happy and if you're not you're supposed to take medication and you know what's wrong with you if you're not smiling and sometimes you need to not smile and you need to be quiet and you need to retreat and you don't need to explain yourself to anybody. Well, I take that back. You should tell your spouse or your partner and your children and maybe your siblings, the closest closest few around you, 
should know that you're retreating so they don't ask you every hour what's wrong and they don't have to worry about you. But you can tell them, you know, I'm going through an introspective moment. I need some time. I'm well, I'm fine, I'm good. This is something I need to do to enrich my soul. Uh, please respect it and it's not going to take long. And, you know, you alleviate their fears that you're going down a deep, dark hole because you're not. And take that time. Take a few days to yourself if you're feeling off without panicking that you need Prozac or any of those anti-anxiety medications. Sometimes what you need is to be in nature. I mean, I'm, I'm in Connecticut right now and I'm like... Again, I feel so peaceful and after moving and the hustle of just like moving my apartment and making deadlines and phone calls and deliveries with so many things with the holidays. It's so nice. Like right now I'm just sitting and I'm in front of a stream and the house is quiet and no one's around. And I'm like, I'm happy to just be calm. And I need this day to just settle and be quiet and not, I wanted to visit friends and I was gonna do a million things while, while I was in Connecticut, but I just, I'm feeling so run down. I need a day to just retreat. And that's what I'm gonna be doing. And I told my family that I'm staying home today. I just, maybe I'll go out to eat later, but I just need to read and rest. I need this for myself and I'm taking it and you deserve to do that too. So listen to your body, listen to your mind and respect and honor what it needs. And you deserve that time without a big explanation and a panic from all of those who are so reliant on you. Take the time, especially now with the holidays, it's so hectic, calm yourself, go outside, be in nature, be in church, be in a synagogue, wherever you feel peace, it doesn't matter. One of my favorite places is sitting on a rock in the woods. And I, I just love that. Um, so anyhow, enjoy your day and have a great one. And take that time to yourself. You deserve it. Thank you for listening to Embracing Life.